Hello, thanks for joining me. I'm Deborah Fingerlow, and this is the Dog Lovers Podcast, where humans and canines connect. I wanted to talk to you today about a training session that I've done not too long ago. It was a little bit different than anything that I've ever done before. So let's start. It was a simple note, and it didn't really mean anything. I was helping to train search and rescue bloodhounds for local law enforcement and trainer Jim Heck of Summit Search and Rescue Man Trailing Bloodhounds had set up a scenario. I just needed to write a suicide note. Now my grandmother always used to an old expression when something spooked her. Someone is walking over my grave, she'd say, shaking her head and adding a shiver for a touch of drama. The expression has its roots in ancient times when the sudden appearance of goose flesh was said to be the result of someone walking over the spot where your grave would be. And that's how it felt when I wrote the few lines dictated by Jim. I can't take it anymore. I'm going for a walk in the woods. Tell Kurt and the kids I love them. It's an eerie feeling to put yourself in those shoes. Truth be told, it didn't get much better when we walked into the brush, leaving my hat alongside the trail. Jim's scenario called for me to meet a tragic end and the dogs to find my body in the boot of my sister's car, covered by a tarp. Dark and gruesome. My sister, I don't actually have one, was another volunteer recruited to tell the story, hand off the note she found, which I had scented because I had held it and written the note, and generally be upset about the circumstances. I could hear everything covered up in the back of my sister's SUV. Yes, it was all contrived, and yes, it was all fake, but it still felt really weird. You could hear somebody outside upset and crying, and I was laying in the back of an SUV with a white tarp pulled up over my body, um, and I'd been instructed not to move. I could hear the dogs barking and then hear them snuffling around the outside of the vehicle. Their handler stopped and explained to Jim, the dog is indicating on the SUV. And Jim, who is a retired police officer, was cool and calm and stepped easily back into that role. Do you have a search warrant? No. Probable cause? The handler explained that their dog was on the scent and the missing person they were tracking was within. And as we know, bloodhounds are relied on for their noses and their evidence is accepted in a court of law. So permission was granted, doors were opened, and positive identification was made. Over and over, as numerous dogs were run through the drill, and each one found me under the dirty white tarp. Walking over my grave, indeed. But still, necessary work. Sadly, search and rescue dogs are called out on a regular basis for criminal cases, and they need to be prepared. Originally, when I talked with Terry, even after working with her for years, Terry Heck of Summit Search and Rescue, I thought that most of the things they were called out were for missing um, elderly or missing children, but most of it is for criminal cases. So, as I said, they need to be prepared and they need to be trained in order to be prepared. 
my little bit of discomfort is nothing compared to what families have to endure when a loved one goes missing. Can you even imagine? These bloodhounds and their handlers are yet one more tool to aid in finding someone who was lost. If they're called in soon enough, sometimes they're literally the difference between life and death. Now in Jim's scenario, the outcome was predetermined. As a volunteer, it placed me squarely in some uncomfortable territory. We don't like to think about our eventual demise, and even this play acting can be a little too close for comfort. I was in a similar training session years ago during my wilderness first aid training. It's different than first aid training. Remote locations change everything. In that instance, the scenario called for me to be injured on a mountain hike with a broken femur. So, quick anatomy lesson for you. A broken femur is a serious injury anytime. And death is a reasonable possibility. A broken femur on a mountainside greatly decreases your chances for survival. I played it really well. Actually, the instructor sensed that I'd be able to do this. I'm not sure why, but he thought I would be a good person to act this scenario out. And I did. I yelled. I cringed. I cried. And it wasn't that hard to do. In real life, I am an avid hiker. And in real life, I have a son with life-threatening food allergies. And when we hike, we carry extra epinephrine and we don't allow any food we aren't positive is safe. And we plan ahead for a rebound in case the first injection isn't enough. And we hope for the best. So what if your worst nightmare came true? I could imagine it, even though I didn't want to. Like my grandmother would say, walking on my grave. So why do we do this type of training? Because we have the best chance to succeed, to survive, if we're well prepared. My husband says, plan the work, work the plan. And he's right. And so is Jim. We may not want to think about these worst case scenarios, but if we do, we stand a far better chance of stacking the deck in our favor. Kudos to the folks that work so hard to bring us home safe and sound. To the folks that spend endless hours slogging through mud and rain and snow and unbearable locations to prepare themselves for the task, task at hand. And maybe it is a test. And we are grateful for the dogs that labor alongside these fine folks. Their tenacity is unmatched. Thank you all for your service. And that's all that today's podcast is about. Just that brief little look um, at a different kind of training that I did. And I wanted to share it with you. Um, stop and think about it for a minute, I guess. And hopefully, I will never have to be in that situation or that scenario with any type of note or uh, with my wilderness first aid training. I hope we've done enough training so that we are well prepared. Thank you so much for listening to the Dog Lovers Podcast. I do appreciate it. Um, if you like what you hear, I'm, I'm here, here and there. I'm trying to get more regular, but if you do like what you hear, um, please subscribe. And the next time I, I publish something, you'll be one of the first to know. Again, I'm Deborah Fingerlow. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next time.